Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 4 through verse 14. When you have it, say amen. Thus said the Lord of hosts to God of Israel and to all that are carried away captives, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem unto Babylon. Build your houses. Dwell in them and plant gardens and eat the fruit of them. Take ye wives, beget sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands that they may bear sons and daughters that ye may be increased there and not diminished. And seek the peace of the city whither I have caused you to be carried away captives. And pray unto the Lord for it, for that city. For in the peace thereof shall you have peace. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, let not your prophets and your diviners that be in the midst of you deceive you, neither hearken to your dreams which ye cause to be dreamed. For they prophesy falsely unto you in my name. I haven't sent them, saith the Lord. But thus saith the Lord, that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you and causing you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Then shall ye call upon me. And ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And ye shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all of your heart. And I will be found of you, saith the Lord. And I will turn away your captivity, and I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places whither I have driven you, saith the Lord. And I will bring you again into the place whence I caused you to be carried away captives. Verse 5, and I'll end there. Build some houses. Dwell in them. Plant gardens and eat the fruit. And all of God's people said, amen. amen. I want to speak to you just for a few moments from the topic, living in between. Living in between. Most people find themselves living in one of two worlds. The past or the future. The truth is, God bless you. You can live there in your head, but not in your reality. Many of us have regrets that keep us in the past and hopes for the future. But the place we struggle with the most is living in the present. When I was growing up in school, they used to do what they call roll call, where the teacher would call all the names, right? And oftentimes you have the opportunity to respond with either present or here and oftentimes we make present and here synonymous but now I realize it's possible to be here and at the same time not be not be present it's possible to have a spouse that's in the house but they're not present you could have grown up with your father being a provider to the house but not be present in the house hmm. just because you attend church doesn't actually mean you're present in church in our present world where our attention span is short and the masses are being diagnosed with ADD, ADHD, ABCDEFG 
We have to fight to be present. Everybody lay hands on your own chest and say fight to be present. We are enamored with what's next. Next, next, next. But the truth is many of us are hoping, wishing, and praying for what's next when we really haven't even unpacked our now. Hmm. We want to start school today and graduate tomorrow. One workout and you're looking in the mirror for results. <laughs> but if you're going to get the real results, you've got to endure the process. Send word down your road. Tell them you got to endure the process. You got married six months ago and now you want to quit because you thought when you came back from the honeymoon, you guys would be one. But the Bible says that the two become one. In other words, there's a process to becoming. Because you don't know how selfish you are until you have to share your personal space with someone else for a long period of time. Mm, the process is, is painful. But the process is our development. We sometimes shout off the fact that God is going to speed up our process. And that's fine if you're talking about paperwork. But it's not okay if you're referencing development. Who wants a doctor that skipped the process? Who wants a pilot that skipped the process? The other day, Brother Felix uh, walked up to me. He works in the media ministry here. And he says, Bishop, I'm almost ready. I said, what? what's going on? He says, I've been flying the small planes. He said, I'm getting my license. He said, but one of these days... I'm going to have them, the, the big plane, double engines, but the steps got to be followed. You got to be trusted with it. And it comes through somebody shout development. I know you're kicking and screaming, but God is committed to your process. We've already danced. I want y'all to hear me. More than your presentation, God is committed to your process are we there yet <laughs> first of all many of us need to unpack where there is because we end up spending our lives time and energy trying to get there without stopping to articulate where there is unarticulated expectations automatically breed disappointment where is there? No, really. Where is there for you? Is it, is it a moving target based upon what you saw on social media today? Where is there? Because many times as leaders and pastors, business people, fathers and husbands, we are driving those around us to go with us there when the truth is we don't know where there is. What I will tell you is that you will never get there without this. Many of us are trying to run through the middle, jump over the in-between to get to the destination when you're going to figure out that the destination will be short-lived than the journey. Because after you get to the destination, there's always something else. To be honest with you, our lives are spent 
Hear me. Our lives are spent in the in-between. Jeremiah is a prophet that is ministering to those who are in Babylonian exile. We know this chapter. Well, we know the verse in this chapter. <laughs> no, really. Go to Hobby Lobby. It's everywhere. Which verse? Verse 11. I know the plans I have for you, said the Lord. Plans of peace and not of evil to bring you to an expected end. It's on cards. You give it to somebody when they get married. You give it to somebody on their graduation day. It's the scripture you give people. But that whole chapter, that whole chapter is the business. You hear me? Because what's the plan? What's the plan? Because God got a plan. But what's the plan? The plan is you're going to be displaced for a minute. God's plan. You're going to be uprooted from what you're comfortable with. For that's God's plan. And you're going to pray and it's not going to change God's plan. And you're going to turn around three times and when you finish turning around, you're going to still be in the same place. God's plan. And then he'll say stuff like, after you've suffered a while. And we'll, and then the hymn says, we'll understand it better by and by. Oh, that's so annoying. Because how long is a while? You know, because with God, he'll turn it around in a few days, may not be 72 hours. And it's going to all, and joy going to come in the morning, may not be this coming morning. <laughs> I need you to look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, time doesn't imitate, in, intimidate God. Tell him, time doesn't intimidate God. You got, you need it by tomorrow. And God is like, okay. I got a plan. I got a plan. Now, there came a time where God allowed the Babylonians to be in rule. God allowed the Babylonians to be in rule. And he allowed them to take Jews away into captivity. Now, if you don't believe that, you have to look at verse 4 that we read. Thus said the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, unto all that are carried away captives, whom I have caused to be carried away. I want you to look at somebody and share this problematic statement with them. Tell them God is behind it. And when God is behind it, how do you rebuke God? When God is behind it, how do you cast out God? Some of us are fighting the enemy where you have to realize the enemy is only a pawn in the hand of God. Mm. The Bible even called Nebuchadnezzar God's anointed. Hold on now. The Bible calls Saul God's anointed. I have a challenge with that. I know David is anointed. I watched him be anointed. But how can you call an evil man anointed? What's somebody you need to get a revelation of in here that even your situation is anointed? Your opportunity.
opposition is anointed. Your problems are anointed. Somebody said, what do you mean? The Bible says in Romans chapter 8 verse 28, for we know all things work together for the good. In other words, God says, I have fixed it. I have, an an I have anointed it that it can develop you, but it can't kill you. It can push you, but it can't destroy you. I need a hundred people in here to praise God for anointed problems. I praise God for anointed challenges. No, really, clap your hands and bless him because even your opposition is an oh somebody touch somebody in your section tell them even my opposition is anointed everything they do to try to set me back I don't care if it's at your job they trying to hold you back from every promotion you ought to say you're anointed hallelujah you are not you're nasty but you're anointed hallelujah you mean but you anointed you don't realize everything you do to try to hinder me God uses the setback for a setup in my life somebody clap your hands one more time and praise God for anointing problems Woo. the enemy comes in and takes them captive the best of them the gifted among them the talented among them maybe your captivity is connected to your call because God wouldn't waste his time or the enemy wouldn't waste his time fighting something and trying to put in bondage something that don't count hallelujah glory be to God your warfare speaks of your value the, the enemy would not exhaust his military prowess on something that breeds no spoil the only reason why the enemy wants you is because you are valuable to God I want to speak to somebody who's been in their head lately I want to tell you there are no extra people everybody that have been born have been born with an assignment and a purpose the only reason why the devil is fighting you push somebody tell them there's something to you there's, there's something to you you're carrying something hallelujah it's deep on the inside but you can't for we have this treasure and it's in an earthen vessel that the excellency will be of God I feel like preaching in here and not a man I need you to scream at somebody said there's something to me it ain't my last name I don't have a whole lot of money I'm not the smartest person in the room but God put something in me my captivity is connected to my call I said my captivity is connected to my call hallelujah my captivity they get pulled away taken to Babylon Jeremiah is left in Jerusalem it's just a remnant of them left. Eventually all of them get taken, but it's a remnant of them left. Jeremiah gets a letter and he writes it and sends it to the saints. I call them saints. To the chosen that's in captivity. Because you know what happens. Hand me that chair, Brother James. They get taken out into captivity and they sitting there like, Mm. Oh, kids, don't get comfortable. Uh-uh, we, uh, God about to bring us out. This ain't, mm, this ain't my, uh-uh. Mm -mm. I'm talking about when you, I'm talking to some of y'all that's living out of a suitcase. 
because where you are, this is only temporary. This is mm-mm, no, mm-mm, mm-mm. This, mm, this is not where I'm going to be. This is not where I'm going to live. This is not where I'm going to be in church. This is a, I'm just coming through. And Jeremiah sends a letter to them and said, um, y'all better build y'all's houses. Because you're going to be here for a minute. If you're going to eat, you better start playing some gardens. Because you're going to be here for a minute. In other words, I'm trying to tell somebody in here. I know you got promises and you can't wait to get there. But you better learn how to live in the in-between. While you're waiting for something else to happen, you better unpack your bags here. I want to say to somebody, you can't wait for the economy to shift before you start building. Tell somebody winter is coming. Winter is coming. He even told them, get your kids married. In other words, don't hold on to your children. Release them to get married. I'm going to talk to somebody who's waiting. Well, my parents are getting older, but when, you know, when they transition, I'll do more. Your parents may outlive you. You better learn how to live in the in-between. Because where there is marriage, there is family. And what the Lord wants you to know that you can produce in captivity. Hallelujah. You don't have to wait for the atmosphere to be right and the timing to be perfect and all the money to be in place. See, all of you all that are waiting for everything to be perfect before you produce, you're going to miss your moment. I need you to tell somebody you can produce in captivity. I got scripture references for it, but I don't have time. Hear me. And then this is what he says. This is what he says, Bev. He says, and don't get distracted by the prophetic. Don't get distracted by it. Now, first of all, he acknowledges false prophets. False prophets. People who are going to tell you what you want to hear. Now, and when I talk about false prophets, I'm not just talking about the people like uh, Prophet Claude and Prophet Chautauqua that came up and spoke. Or when I get up and speak, or Pastor Westgate, I'm talking about whoever you lend your ears to. You don't have to deal with this. You got to be careful about people getting in your ear, especially single people about your marriage. You need to take that. You don't need to deal with that. You need to be very careful about the prophetic voices you lend your ears to because people will tell you what you want to hear. And the Bible says in the last days, people would heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. I want a counselor and I want a sober voice that will tell me the truth even when the truth is against me and what I want. Y'all come in here and talk to me so you don't look guilty. Come on. I need somebody that's going to tell me about me. I need somebody that once I talk to you, you will tell me if I'm wrong and tell me to go back and apologize. Come on. I need somebody that's going to tell me, no, I'm not going to bail you out this time because if I keep bailing you out, you're going to keep making bad choices. So you may have to sit in a room with no lights for 30 days until you get another paycheck. Come on, somebody. You may need to communicate some hard words because real prophets.
prophets speak for God and not your feelings. Real prophets speak for God and not your emotions. That's why prophets can't sit on people's payroll. Mm. Hear me. He says, when you get there now, I'm telling y'all, it's going to be a minute. 70 years. Y'all going to be here. Now, and you know what some of them say? Oh, I don't receive that. Mm -mm. I don't receive that. Well, if God establishes something, you ain't got to receive it. God's word is yay. In other words, God says, I am my confirmation. I am my own witness. Hmm. So the Bible says, he said, don't. He said, don't go with the false prophets. And I want to tell you all, my statement is really even not about the false prophets. Don't be distracted by the prophetic. Be fueled by the prophetic. Be inspired by the prophetic. Be encouraged by the prophetic. But don't be distracted by it. Somebody said, what are you talking about? I'm not talking about the word of knowledge when it's talking about now. I'm talking about the prophetic that comes with language concerning the future. Don't be distracted by it. Let it give you hope. But don't be distracted by it to the point that if God shows you something... Or someone communicates to you by the spirit of the Lord something that will happen in the future don't don't reject your in-between because it don't look like what God showed you don't reject your in-between because no I'm waiting on what uh, I'm waiting on what God let me tell you something God may have showed you sitting at the boardroom table but you may have to start in the mail room and if you reject the mail room you'll never get to the place God showed you don't be distracted by it. Don't, don't be distracted by the prophetic. Yes, what God said is true. What God said is true. And God is going to release it in his designated time and place. But will you make the journey to get there? What are you saying, Bishop? Many of us have reserved our gifts. For something else that's coming. Many of us are living in spiritual suitcases. God told me to tell you to unpack. It's going to lift. It's going to lift. Eventually it's going to lift. But when you return to Jerusalem. What will you have to show. For your captivity. Don't just exist. Live in the in-between. No, no. Live. You got to find out how to live in your in-between. Because your in-between is going to be most of the life. No, really. Because when you get to there, <laughs> the theoretical there, it's going to be something else. And you're going to be lured in with the prophecy. And dropped into another process. Because there or the telos of your faith will be eternity. But if he keeps you here. You're going to always be working in an in between. Yes. The narrative of the Torah 
is mostly wilderness. The in between. We get to the gospels and, and, the, and the ministry and the teaching of the parable of the talents is what they did with the in between. And so my whole message today is to tell you, don't reserve yourself for some sort of futuristic event. Pour yourself out now. <laughs> Pour yourself out now. I mean, serve it as though it's the only thing you'll ever serve. Work the company like it's your company. Hmm. Serve in this church is like this is the only church you'll ever be in and generations of your family will be in this church <sighs> Because let me tell you something the plan of God Will always work, but it will not work for you until you come in agreement with him Now yeah, let's everybody clap. Come on. Let's everybody clap. Amen, Amen. You can play something inside he says, now listen, in between, don't always feel good. But anytime your in-between starts feeling like forever with no purpose, with no plan, then read verse 11. Verse 11 is not for those who are sitting and waiting for God to return. Verse 11 is for those who are in verse 5. They've been building houses. They've been planting gardens. They've been marrying off their children. And they're saying, okay. But, but where's the hope? I mean, we're doing what we got to do, but shall we ever go to Jerusalem? And we sat by the rivers of Babylon and we hang our harps on the branches of the willow tree and those who carried us away captive required of us sing one of those Zion songs but we responded how? how can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land if I ever forget Jerusalem let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth so even while I'm in captivity I pray for the peace of Jerusalem for they shall prosper they love thee peace be within thy walls and prosperity within our palaces and when Jerusalem seems so far I hear the word of the Lord it says I know the plans oh that verse should mean something different now I know the plans I have for you plans of peace and not of evil and I know you've been in Babylon but I'm going to bring you to an expected end Father, help us to live in between. Help us to occupy. 
an intentional movement and maneuvering in a space in our lives we've never been in before. <sighs> Help us to lose ourselves in your plan. Because if my opposition is anointed, I have to believe you have graced me for the season that I'm in. Mm. So, no matter how long it takes, let me embrace the journey. Whether your three days is 72 hours <laughs> or whether it's a season of three years, as long as you walk with me, as long as your plan is prevailing, let me find peace there. Just receive it, saints. Help me to work the middle. You are the alpha. You are the omega. Now help me, Lord, work the middle. And then ultimately, when I come out of this, I would have produced even in my captivity. Thank you for what our eyes have seen and our ears have heard. Thank you that we're forever changed because we've been with you. In Jesus' name we pray. All of God's people said, Amen. Hey, this is Bishop S.Y. Younger. Thank you for watching this video. And now what I need you to do is like and subscribe to this YouTube channel so you can continue to get more inspirational, motivational, and gospel content in your direction.